what's the cat sticker on your computer there? Oh, is that in the way? That's um. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What is that? Do you know what? Um, oh, hey, Chris. Uh, I, I, I collect these things at events, uh, what event, and I can't even remember where that one is. It, it, it's, it's faced the wrong way. And one of the problems with lockdown is the, the it's always been on. It's never actually been shut down. <laughs> Day has bled into night. <laughs> yeah. How are yeah. you? Well, there he is. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? We've been on since we've been on since half past ten, chatting away. We're like we're like an old married couple. <laughs> well, I hate to say, George, um, was it half ten we were meant to do this? No, no, we're Just only pulling your leg, Chris. Mm, <laughs> boy, um, yeah, I, I, Anthony knows the script that generally happens before the uh, the the filming sessions that. Uh, we always get a call from the school on Friday mornings, which, as I've moaned about in the past, during lockdown, school ne schools never call with good news. Except for that one time. Right. Except for that one time, right? <laughs> <laughs> one time, yeah. So we're, we're, we're back on the downward trend. So, yeah, and that's today's sort of start of podcast moan done. Uh, but it's it's tricky. But uh, you're looking um, it is very tricky. well. Thank you. You're, you're in your well, I was here on time. So I, so I was here on time. Uh, that's, why, that's why I'm really late. <laughs> you know, I'll be, as I say before, I'll be late for my own funeral, George. Just, a, just an FYI. My whole career. I've, I've got my puppy in here with me. So if anybody hears some strange noises, it's not me, it's the dog. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to show the puppy. You can't just do, do you I? can't just give us puppy and not show us puppy. Okay. <laughs> That's not no way. No way. How yeah. wonderful. How wonderful. Four and a half months. <laughs> wow. So wow. she's still got another doubling to do, apparently. Yeah, she does. Wow. Yeah. I hope you've got a big flat, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> she's taking over the bed as well. No. <laughs> I'm sleeping on the floor. Uh, it's the first yeah. loss on a dog, don't worry. The tactics that wives employ, Anthony. <laughs> Dogs or children. Uh, anyhow, moving swiftly on. Um, so, George, where are you, mate? It looks like you're in some kind of, like, Tudor mansion in the middle of the Outer Hebrides. Wow. How did you know? How did you know? <laughs> So I don't live in London. I a revelation. I don't live in London. <laughs> so I, I live that was uh, outside of Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> so I live outside of Winchester. Uh, I can't afford to live in Winchester. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in a thatched cottage uh, out in a village outside of Winchester. Uh, outside my window is Old England, i.e. Uh, destitution, uh, poverty, hanging posts. <laughs> <laughs> just your average every day in the country <laughs> wow okay I, 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 I don't want you to turn your camera around to show show people this this scene of deprivation um, it's clearly I would imagine you are fibbing <laughs> 
Earth floor, Chris. If I if I, Earth floor. Okay. <laughs> no running okay. water. <laughs> well, we have had we have had one guest on um, the lovely press from Y Five, who who did tell tell us that his his country home. And when this was in deepest, darkest January, had no heating whatsoever and was made of hay. And so, had ghosts. <laughs> wow. So cle clearly, clearly there's a theme yeah. emerging about country living. <clears throat> so, so, the, so the problem with us who live in the uh, kind of, particularly me, is that, you know, you just, every time you hear that big bad wolf, you're just getting, getting ready to blow. I mean, we just go into lockdown in here. It's uh, it's bad enough, but we do live in the house made of straw. Absolutely. <laughs> You've seen what happened to the guy who lives in the house of sticks yeah. as well. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now we are, I hate to say, meant to be talking about technology and <laughs> rather than ah. homes, homes in the country. Ooh. But, um, you know, I, I, um, I, I think I've known you George for good 10 years maybe now maybe eight I think it was Bloomberg wasn't it where we we first crossed paths yes. um, in my many many events physical events that I used to I really enjoy hosting actually at Bloomberg and I, I actually was in that chat I've just had with someone was bemoaning I think I'm ready to return to the stage I, I've got I've got the itch to get back on on sort of wooden raised platforms and talk general nonsense which i've been become famous for in the world of private tech i think um well i wouldn't say famous but you know uh, acknowledged for um which and, and george you've always been a loyal face friendly face in the audience as i scan around you're generally not asleep like most of the people that come to my physical events um so thank you for that in all, all the years that you've you've supported me and you know clearly we morphed into doing this podcast and podcast we we, we launched this week it's going quite well the numbers are building and thank you for all of the listeners and watchers support and um, you know, appreciate that Yes, you, you work for a, an American company called Stifle Niklaus, I do believe, which um, I can never actually spell the Niklaus bit because I get confused with golfers. Um, but if you could tell us more about George O'Connor, this is your life at Stifle Nicholas. What do you do and what, what, what is Stifle Nicholas? Uh, well, so first off, uh, good morning, Chris and Anthony and thank you very much for inviting me onto your new podcast I think it's brilliant uh, I hope it's really successful I saw a great show with Richard and Katie last week uh, sadly for you too it's a uh, third time unlucky so I'm on so <laughs> uh, yes uh, George O'Connor I'm a sell-side analyst as you said with uh, Stiefel uh, a Europe based in London caveat uh, I'm in Winchester, so get, let's get that out of the way. Uh, Stifa is a US uh, financial services uh, firm, uh, uh, NYSE listed, uh, was 6 billion uh, market cap. So we are a unicorn, but for fun facts, uh, founded in 1890, 113 analysts covering uh, 1,400 uh, stocks. We did 43 IPOs last year. Largest area was healthcare and uh, tech 
came uh, second place. Uh, as, as you know, Chris, uh, my job is to make money for institutional investors, uh, but you will also be aware of the broker's creed. Uh, first, to do no wrong, so try not to lose the money uh, in that uh, process. I've been a sell-side analyst since 98. Uh, prior to that, I spent 10 years with uh, IDC. IDC, as you know, are industry analysts. So that was a huge uh, education at the coalface of tech from the suppliers, the creators, the users, the, the investors. But, but when I look back at it, uh, all I see is a lot of travel. Um, since 98 uh, in the city, uh, joined Granville Davies, a, a famous UK a TMT bank that was since uh, taken out by the Americans and through various hops, uh, jumps and mistakes, uh, I joined uh, Stiefel in the summer of uh, 2016. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's been fun in, in, in terms of the sort of the, the what I do, as you know, for sell-side analysts, um, uh, we write uh, recommendations on publicly listed companies. So that is a call to action uh, buy or sell, or a call to inaction. I don't know what to do. It's 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 a hold. Um, uh, in in terms of the coverage list, if I can put it that way. Um, so my promise to uh, institutional investors is that I will cover software and tech from the top, which is um, as you know, Aviva and Sage, uh, down to the bottom, sort of emerging companies on AIM. Um, I'm a team, uh, so my colleague Luke, Luke Holbrook, shout out Luke, uh, he does uh, hardware, IoT, uh, 5G uh, related uh, uh, stuff. Um, we are independent, um, so I will, have, I will have sort of, you know, corporate clients of the firm and then other companies that I, uh, I cover as well. Okay, that's great intro, George. Um, so if we dig a bit more into the ecosystem of companies that you're you're covering and naturally we have been through this period of 12 months of radical change have you seen have you when you write these notes and these updates on those companies um have you seen obviously lots of positive news and have you've had to raise your your, your recommendations of upwards on, on more of them than 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 or, or the majority so to speak um you know just if you can paint a picture of sort of you know what, what what's been the trend line amongst the the companies that you're covering and um during covid okay so uh, uh so so covid started in the sense that we started downgrading our companies uh, from earnings estimates and uh, target prices and ratings, uh, simply as we saw the world was changing and then we were getting contagion uh, coming through uh, from the Far East. But that, that typically predated company announcements who in fairness were, were more conservative. What do I do uh, now? And in addition, uh, timing wasn't particularly great because if you recall, a lot of them are 31 December year ends. So we had that they were in closed period and then just, just putting the evidence um, uh, together. Um, both of us go back to the financial crash. So, so you, you will recall back then, one of the first outcomes was sort of, you know, uh, laying people off. And that didn't happen uh, from the companies uh, this time out. So we were concerned on profitability um, as well. 
as as you know, Chris, from a sort of a sell sider, you're always interested in what's the cash story. So the first thing I would have done is trimmed back the DSO, so the payments uh, that the companies uh, were were getting, and that was probably the first big analyst fail of of, of last year. Uh, cash worked really well for the sector. Uh, there's a big push in terms of prompt prompt payments. Admittedly, you know, well done UK Gov. Uh, they were they were pushing on that as well. But then the other side, of course, was in terms of their spending. Um, so, so the budgets all came back in areas like travel and entertainment. So suddenly we started to see uh, better than expected news come through on the profitability um, side. Also, sort of hat tip to companies like Canos and Computer Center, where you saw the sort of the execs there, you know, deferring uh, and not taking um, salary and bonuses. So that was a that was a big plus there. There was a surge for some companies on the whole uh, work from home um, uh, side. So that led to a number of infilling. So we need systems for these re remote uh, workers, and that was sort of you know desktop stuff. But of course the associated application set had to be acquired on on top of that uh, as well. In addition to the whole surge in in, in terms of the collaborative. Um, tools. And then, of course, there was the other, uh, the light uh, went on, and that was suddenly the attack service was suddenly a lot wider. George can be hacked from home and from his office. So that drove a lot of spend on the, uh, on the cyber side as well. So if you look at last year, um, started with a, a, a dip, and then you had the sort of this this pause, the sort of the whole bedding down, and then you had a recovery in the, in the back end of the year. So tech did really well uh, last year. So positive uh, TSR for the companies, uh, earnings estimates went down, uh, and then and then recovered, and with that valuation actually uh, started and and rose through the through the year as well. Tech in London isn't really exposed to the sort of the, the downward sectors in in terms of the whole sort of leisure industry uh, that went down, the entertainment industry uh, that went down. So yes, it's had a it's had a good run actually. Yes, absolutely. And, and just for clarification on the, the companies that you, you're talking about, you cover UK tech or is it European tech? Uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, so I cover UK tech. Um, and as I said, so, so the promise is from top uh, to the bottom. So on the top, you'll find uh, uh, me covering stuff like Aviva, Kanos, Computer Center, uh, Microfocus, Sage, and then sort of down to sort of you know aim aim companies as well. There is of course another uh, uh, nuance to this, although I'm uh, designated an independent analyst. Um, uh, the the banking group has a number of corporate clients, and I will uh, cover those as well. Some of the names in there that um, that you might know: uh, Cape Cape is in privacy and VPN and uh, endpoint uh, security. Uh, Central Nick, if you know them, they're in domain services, a bit like GoDaddy. Uh, Verisign, a company called Zoo Digital, uh, localization cloud software for dubbing and um, and subtitling uh, of Serum. They're in uh, uh, password and authentication uh, management, so another cyber thing there. Uh, Panoply, if they've come across your radar, uh, digital transformation services, 76% of revenue is public sector and NHS, so you know, they, they could only be doing well. Uh, who else? Who else? Uh, One Disco. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll know the force of nature that is David Richards and the team in there. Very much sort of the uh, the poster uh, company for sort of the whole cloud migration uh, push. Yeah. You know, that followed from 
they signed deals with with uh, Microsoft and AWS uh, last year. Okay. Wow, that's good. Um, so thanks for that rundown, George. And then we obviously had a lot of speculation in the press about 2021, the the IPO market, the Deliveroo's, the Revolut's, the you know I think Moonpig and Made.com have both IPO'd recently. Uh, do you share that optimism, George? Um, so I do, and in fact, your timing is perfect, actually, because you had the Khalifa review just published this morning. And so if you think of sort of a push from the stock exchange plus uh, uh, UK Gov is to get more, you know, uh, get more companies uh, listed um, in the in the UK. If I can have a sort of a personal rant for a moment, if you uh, wouldn't mind. So the two largest companies in FTSE, two companies I know well, Viva and Sage, um, they started as 30 million uh, IPOs. Uh, they started their lives. So London is really good at incubating companies over the uh, over the long term and going from small to very large uh, 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 companies. So I know there is this huge fascination uh, about unicorns, but but London does small tech incredibly, incredibly well. And I, I don't want that to get lost in, you know, uh, some of the recommendations from this morning, you know, make it easier to, uh, to our IPO. Um, so, so last week, for example, you had Katie on and uh, she works with Downing. Now Downing is a lovely company. It's, they can take, Kathy. Sorry, Kathy. Katie is in my oh, brain from no, one of their just in case, in case people are like going to go off and try and search, search up Kate, Katie, and just to clarify. Sorry, no, 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 it's all I'm, in the case. I'm thinking of uh, suddenly. I'm thinking of, of uh, Octopus and Herald, who are both Katie. But yeah, the lovely model there of, sort yes. of taking a company from pre-IPO through mm -hmm. to you know life as a as a PLC. You also have uh, on on Katie's. You have uh, um, uh, Katie Potter Herald. Uh, long established in tech, huge fan supporter of tech, and and you've got the octopus team. Uh, it's not exclusively female, uh, by the way. You've got um, Guy Feld over in uh, in Hargreave Hale. You've got the Amati team. You've got Unicorn, and and I'm I'm simply using those names to show that there are names beyond. You know, the guys at uh, BlackRock, the guys at Fidelity, the guys at, at Aberdeen. There is absolutely a community of investors who get tech. And, and to understand it, and I've got a history of deploying money um, into this sector. However, it, it, it's not clear cut. Um, uh, you, you may recall um, CEO of Blue Prism at his print back on February 5th saying, I'm thinking of going off to uh, NASDAQ because no one understands me. No one understands tech uh, in, the, in the UK. Um, and as I said, I've been sell side since 98. Uh, so. Thank you for that criticism and summation of my career success uh, to date. Yes, yes, investors do understand tech. <laughs> so, 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 just on 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 Blue Prism, that's so they they're thinking of taking the Nasdaq route, are they? Is is, is, is it Mr. Bathgate who's come out with that comment? That's correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you think that's? Do you think we've got enough here to to you know to keep? UK tech companies in the UK. We, we had Stephen Kelly on uh, recently, Did you? very optimistic, and I like Stephen a lot. I like his passion. Um, but I suppose I'm a bit old in the tooth, if, if that's the saying. Um, and long I, in the I've tooth. kind of heard, yes, yeah, long in the tooth. Good, good point. Um, I've heard it 
many times over many decades and i'm just slightly cynical as to whether we can we can do it now and and there really is the the infrastructure and the push from government to make this happen have you have you actually seen heard or witnessed anything george that's different okay so as a as a software guy i will i have done a lot of ipos um so there is the and and the key thing is can you find buyers for these new shares? And uh, we just sort of ran through a list of them and, and uh, th there are absolutely buyers for shares in you know, uh, set, uh, software and, uh, and technology companies. And they've got a good track record as well um, for, for my own self. So if I go back through you know, the list of companies I've done, so uh, Focusrite and Music Tech, I don't know if you know those guys, mid um, 2014, you know, massive win, shares up 700%. You know, when you do that kind of stuff, investors will say, well, you know, do more, please. Yes, please. I, I want some more. Um, uh, I didn't do an IPO last year. Prior year, we did the Panoply. Uh, Panoply was the best in terms of TSR for last year, shares up 150%. And interesting because it sort of broke a lot of the rules. You know, it wasn't a company when it IPO'd. It, it IPO'd to get cash in order to acquire four businesses and then become a, a company. In addition, the CEO, Neil, uh, wasn't a PLC guy, was a, was a, was a private company uh, guy. So this whole, oh, they'll only back people that they know, just, just not the case. And Neil has delivered uh, hugely for, for his investors. And again, it's a uh, it, more please. Um, I, I take your point entirely about um, uh, Stephen Kelly and his passion. All, all I would do is, is add to it though, and say we don't have enough of, of those people. So you are there shining a spotlight on these companies. Stephen Kelly uh, is, is doing it. You know, Sharanga over at Balderton, he's doing it. You know, Ed at uh, Albion, he's, he's doing it. You know, Charlotte Croswell at Innovit. Um, Mike Tobin is doing it. Um, uh, Dr. Uh, Steve Garnett, that they're doing it. So, so that there needs to be more people, I believe, um, to do it because you you absolutely have the capital that that, that is that is there, and uh, so, the, the yeah. will is there, and returns have been there as well. Which, let's face it, yeah. for institutional investors, is you know, will this making money? So, George, you know, remember the broker's creed. <laughs> yeah. Would you say then that it's actually a misconception, and that the public perception of the UK not being the right market for tech IPOs, if people have that perception, is not really stacking up to the reality of the picture. That's uh, so a nice point, Anthony. Uh, however, it, you know, you're, you're supported by uh, data. So uh, Ron Khalifa was on saying there were, was it 3,300 IPOs happened over the last few years. You know, London did less than 5% of them, you know, so, 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 so numbers do support the stat, you know, London can do more. Uh, in, in, in terms of IPOs, uh, absolutely. Uh, um, and then companies have to find the right time. So timing is everything. So for example, if you know, go back to uh, One Disco, that was uh, 2012. Um, as you may recall, market was very soft on the, on the back of the financial crash. You know, it felt difficult. In the end, it was many times oversubscribed. Um, um, so, so you have to try things when you're, when you're not sure. Um, uh, of of them. Um, uh, if you over the years talk to tech companies, a lot of them in terms of their exit thinking is is really around sort of you know 
to private equity or a, a trade sale. And, and an IPO has always been, well, an IPO in America, that would be great. That was always the, the proving ground, you know, and, and mm -hmm. still is, say, you know, the blue prism uh, idea. But, but that is that is changing. I think, uh, Chris, I think you, you were both on the Tech Nation uh, Rising Stars uh, call yesterday. And some mm -hmm. really inspiring companies in there. But, but also what you did hear was companies saying, I want to IPO. And that, for me, is a, is a big change. Mm -hmm. um, so from the demand side of the equation, it's all stacking up positively. Um, it, it's from the supply. Do they want to IPO? And I think, you know, uh, yes, they do. And there's a, there's a healthy list of companies that, uh, that, that want to do it. So with the, the private space in mind and the, the comments you just made there, George, about rising stars, um, are, are you engaged as a, I suppose, a company at Stifle with a watching brief on certain companies that could be IPO stars in the future <laughs> and, and how how do you do that is that through your banking teams are there regional people that are helping you in in the the Bristol's the Liverpool's the Manchester's I'm just curious as to how you, you you as a business spot those winners okay uh, uh, great stuff and and hard if we think of sort of my lens uh, it, it's primarily uh, PLC uh, focused. And so what I'm looking for when you take me away and you show me uh, some new company, uh, Chris, is, is there a competitive thing here that impacts one of my uh, PLCs? And, and secondly, is there a process thing that these people are doing that can inform our thinking? So PLCs should be doing it differently. And then, of course, there is absolutely the, is this IPOable? Uh, kind of thing to try and uh, and help uh, your thinking. Um, so for example, we had uh, the, the amazing Richard from uh, SafetyNet um, on yeah, your your podcast last week. You know, uh, in, in, in terms of, for me, you know, what are you taking away? You, you may recall the guys at Surf Control who sort of started the whole market in parental uh, controls with sort of, you know, 450K of revenue leading to an 850 million uh, market cap uh, back in the late north, and, and what they had was a sort of a whitelist, blacklist in in terms of perennial. Go there, can't go there, uh, kind of an idea, and how that has sort of moved on so hugely. Well, what an inspiring story in there. And then I recall Chris uh, a visit uh, with you up to see uh, Martina in in feature space. That was more of a sort of a process thing. She, Martina, and the, the team there score really well from a glass door uh, perspective. And we've looked at Glassdoor for years and trying to understand underlying uh, company culture. Uh, and, and Martina made this uh, great statement, sort of, you know, in a tight labor market, why work at a two when I could work at a four? And suddenly sets you your mind racing. Why invest in a two when I could invest in a, in a four or yeah. from a, a CIO or a customer? Why buy from a four, you know? Uh, sorry, why buy from a two when I could be buying? So you're getting that in there. I don't know if you know the guys at Kimball Apps, wonderful team in there. They're, they're giving you great insight in terms of their uh, width of vision, in terms of you know what's the enterprise software market actually doing now that you won't see um, in the print, you know, from um, from say Poppy and the team at at, uh, at Dark Trace. You know, this is what good looks like uh, right now. Um, so yeah, you're always always learning. Um, 
this is a hugely exciting role um, that I'm in, mm. just in terms of having exposure uh, to 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 all of this. But but yes, it's three sides: mm. uh, competitive bid, process mm. side, IPO potential. Okay, thanks, thanks, George. Do you, uh, in your wisdom, have any kind of underlying sneaking doubts that we could be getting a bit bubbly in the whole <laughs> tech ecosystem at the moment. We've, we've both been there, seen it, got the badge of wall. Um, I'm just curious what you might have, which is obviously a hunch or a, or a, a sneaky, sneaky feeling that things might be uh, you know, a house of cards. That's right. And in fairness, you saw, you know, some of the uh, prints last night. Um, so there was uh, there was uh, Workday, there was uh, Intuit, there was also Salesforce. The sort of share prices uh, came back uh, on the back of it. Well, what there has been is a, sort of a big story about the jaws have, have widened between sort of UK valuations and US um, uh, valuations. So, you know, net, net. You're paying twice as much in America, well, more than twice as much in America in terms of valuation on a, on a company per, per company uh, basis. Now, admittedly, that, that can sort no, of equalize when, when you look to the specifics. Is that when twice as much as to when compared with the UK? That's right. That, 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 that's right. Now, when you're looking specifically, there are always stuff that happens specifically and, and it doesn't. But but on a, on a general market, that's the best there and they've gone through this great big uh, curve which has has gone up so you you can see that story looks really interesting from you know how are the different markets uh, playing up and then in terms of the uk because the uk has been on its own uh, journey as well and if we look at some of the valuation ratios they're resembling what happened back in the back in the dot-com days and it's definitely higher than the sort of you know the, the mean over over that period however my only thing, as as we as we lived through dot uh, com, the shape of the companies is is dramatically different um, now. So, but back then, sort of, you know, the uh, the listed market was, you know, Logica, CMG, and Admiral and Zanza. So these were sort of time and materials professional services who were very geared to the sort of to the economy. Uh, once stuff went up, they, they they were going down. Now, if we look at it today, so, you know, I mentioned Sage. So to mention them again. You know, 90 odd percent of revenue is recurring. So they're far more robust, uh, resilient businesses. You've got the whole cloud side. And what, what the cloud, forgetting the technology side, but what it does tell us is that the industry has moved to a subscription model away from a sort of a one-time charge perpetual. And that, that gets a, a lot more resilience um, into, the, into the businesses. Um, so, so you do have that sort of structural change um, uh, be, be, between them. And then you've got the whole thing, sort of, for me, that there are too few of them. Uh, so we need more IPOs. Um, and that gives more investors uh, more choice, more, more venues. And then you'd see some impact on, on pricing uh, be, because of that as well. There has been a lot of money has come in uh, to the sector. There's been a bigger sort of retail emphasis um, into it um, uh, um, as well. Um, you, you'd say a push, a pullback 
there would be some healthy reasons for saying uh, yes, this uh, this should occur. The the interesting thing for last night in in terms of the guys uh, who printed last night was sort of that the numbers were fine, but the guidance was a bit weaker. They're just telling us, you know, where, where's where are their companies going next? We haven't had that yet in any kind of anger from from the UK sector. More often than not, it's a thirty one December year end so they'll be they'll be reporting through march time period yeah. you pulled out retail um it seems to me that the uk ipo slate is is quite heavily geared towards e-commerce or, or b2c um yeah is that just the current what's to go now and there's a, a wave of, of sort of SaaS cloud deep tech you know, real, you know, high quality, you know, the, I suppose the dark traces in the next, yeah. the next few quarters <clears throat> to come, that's, that gives you further optimism. Yeah, so, so, so you're correct. And you look at train lines. So, so tech enabled has gone down uh, really well um, in, in, in terms of the UK. And if anything, you're also alluding to the fact that London has the, the, there's many sides to you know, the, the the IPO uh, uh, pipeline, and in fairness, we shouldn't see this. You know, just as tech enabled, you do have cyber. You, you mentioned uh, dark trace um, in there. You've also got a, a lot of AI. You've also got a lot of of, of fintech kind of companies uh, store, starting to come through as well. It does take longer in terms of deep tech to grow and develop, and also in fairness, um, enterprise and enterprise software. Um, so, so they do take longer. Also, it, it, it's harder in terms of the whole profitability side. So if, if you think those companies have, have gone through a switch from sort of you know, on-prem to cloud. Now, if you think of those companies from a sort of a financial standpoint, once upon a time, a sales guy would have gone in and said, here's your software, $2 million, please. And, and now that same guy goes in, $2 million, but, but divided over three. Now, if you think of the cost model of that company, that has not been divided by three. So it no. just takes them longer to to be established and and, and to sort of you know get profitability or get the roadmap to understand how cash works. That's what investors want to say. Do these companies understand cash? Will they constantly be coming back to the market, or or, or is it is it enough that they understand cash so they will be cash generative over time? And I can see how that's how that's going to uh, going to uh, going to happen but it does take longer for, for you know deep tech as you say just on that uh that bubble point in the u.s um i mean from what it seems like and, and what you've just said it sounds like yes it is a bit bubbly but you don't expect that bubble to pop much like it did in 2001 but you know as interest rates rise and other sort of factors you would see it start to deflate a little bit until earning per share multiples kind of catch up and that sort of thing or <clears throat> Uh, 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 very good point. So first of all, there's two sides. There's what's happening to the US and then there's what's happening locally in, in terms of the UK. But you are right, um, Anthony, to think about what's going on in terms of the bond market, because we're seeing uh, uh, increasing yields coming out of that. In terms of the companies and the financial models, what that does do is you're starting to change your DCFs because you've got a, a rising uh, cost cost of capital, and that will actually, you know, take uh, share prices. Um, sorry, take target prices down. Uh, with tech, uh, tech valuation has always been a fusion of sentiment and fundamentals. So you're trying to, and that tends to see 
or what you tend to get from it is an exaggerated effect. So what should be little could be quite large. Uh, as you know, people are taking money off the table, then more people are encouraged to take money off, thinking, oh, they, they must know what's going on, the, the, oh. that kind of idea. What, uh, one of the aspects of that was, well, at least from my point of view, always seemed to be the comparables, right? So with tech, especially in the beginning when it was emerging, how do you compare something that kind of never existed before? But now with tech, there's lots of other comparables, but is that dragging it up? Is that kind of dragging it down? Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, great point, because you, you are correct. Um, absolutely, and here's your, your investment past is, is coming back to haunt you. Um, Anthony, because you are looking for peers. So if my guy is here, what are the others doing? And as you know, in London, you don't have that ability. You're always looking elsewhere. And that does create some degree of, of equalization from a, from a market, particularly for global investors. Uh, in terms of UK only investors, you'll still look at what are the comps doing, but, but clearly your, your direct knowledge is for other UK listed uh, uh, companies. And now I'll go back to my prior rant. You know, we, we need more companies on the market there. There aren't enough. And that enables investors to build up these, uh, these valuation um, models. Always you are constantly looking, you know, one hand behind your back. Now at the same time though, uh, what, what I would say is that investors, particularly in terms of tech, have pivoted more to cash and cash-based valuation uh, models and less so from comps. Um, however, you're always looking at the comps uh, to build up, you know, what, what, what should it be? Um, uh, so yes, so, so they are, it, it, it's one of the issues with London. You, you don't have that comp set here. And, you know, you go to the US and absolutely they have that comp set. And, and then that feeds into other areas, you know, better investor education. They know what what good looks like or what the other NASDAQ guys are, are, are doing there. So more, more comps uh, coming through from more IPOs, I, I would argue. And I guess that's kind of the challenge until that bubble deflates a little bit. Listing in the US is going to be far more attractive from a valuation point of view, which, you know, kind of lines a lot of people's pockets. At the same time, uh, you know, an earlier point, London does small really, really well. So we can float companies uh, in London that you just can't do in, in the US um, at all. Um, if, if I'm slightly biased uh, to this, we've got some great long-term supportive investors uh, in, in London. In addition to that, uh, what you find is that London investors are, are, are happier to put up with the bumps in the road that tech companies uh, will come through, whereas US investors will, will shut them. Uh, in addition to that, what you don't get, and this is probably more a story about you know, uh, private equity is that they don't try and take the steering wheel um, away from the company, you know, do this, go into, go into um, other areas. And you will find that um, in, in, in other venues, sorry, markets, excuse me. Okay. That's uh, interesting points. The thing that I've been bombarded with so far in 2021 is the four letters S P A C, <laughs> and what do they mean? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of understand. I think what's going on, but being sage of the industry, George, could you could you maybe try and lay it out as to what 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 is a SPAC and and how is it all going to mm. impact things? Is it a threat to IPOs? Does it help yeah. IPOs? What's, and, what's the story? More and also on that multi-market 
uh, aspect as well. Why is it potentially not as attractive in places like London or Italy or something like that? Um, so uh, first off, hand up. My, uh, my firm did a lot of SPACs, has done a lot of SPACs. Um, uh, but also hand up, I have not done any SPACs um, in, uh, in, in, in London. You can look at them as this is an open checkbook uh, to a team. Uh, and then you give them the money and then this team then finds something. And then you've got this sort of, you know, uh, month timeline rundown to generate something even better um, uh, from this. So essentially, it, it's what lots of companies are anyway. You're investing in your ability, sorry, in your view on the team's ability to execute on, on a business plan. Um, what you don't have is the associated business uh, to, to come through um, uh, with it. But you can say, you know, a, a lot of companies are taking that risk anyway, as they try to do uh, brand new um, or, or, or do different um, things. It has absolutely been a phenomenon in terms of the US market, hasn't had the same um, here um, uh, at all, and is, as Chris says, um, uh, a new side to, to IPOing um, uh, out, um, out there. Um, I don't know how it'll go down in terms of the London market for my own side. Uh, what I have is uh, companies with business plans who have products fit for their end market. They know the product. The product's gone through a, a, a life cycle. It's got end market customers, competitors, da 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 So it, it, investors know what they're getting and, and they like that. Now, at the same time, I did talk about uh, the guys at Panoply who came to market and said, this is what we're going to do. And, and investors uh, bought that, um, uh, bought that uh, as well. Um, uh, uh, so there should be room sure. for both. Is there, is Sorry, can, if I can just like sort of interrupt there. Um, so the SPAC is it's kind of like a wrap up, basically, of many companies, or just just the one company. And and is there some kind of like underlying um, sort of tax or, or liquidity angle to this that I'm just maybe not grasping? Um, so you're, you're correct in your summation, open checkbook for a team. Um, uh, so, so, so that is uh, uh, correct. The other side of this is that there's lots of opportunities to, to deploy that um, capital into companies who, for want of, you know, run out of ideas, hit a buffer somewhere, you know, private equity isn't interested, or you know, if you look at it, uh, you have a number of companies in the US, uh, and uh, I mean, mostly this is a private company thing, but you say in terms of public markets as well, number of company, you know, lots of customers, very little revenue, just tired, you know, that, 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 that uh, uh, kind of idea. So you can see how it will work there, but you also have a number of new areas where, where SPACs have gone down a sort of a particular vertical uh, market uh, route. So, you know, new energy, new companies coming in, me as a public market investor, I can't get exposure to this any, anywhere. And it'll take, you know, prior point, it takes a long time for companies to, to get to, you know, listed stage. So this is my way of accelerating my exposure into, you know, say, you know, new energy, uh, that, that, that kind of way. So you can see um, how it works um, there. And as I said, that, that there isn't a huge shortage of fresh capital uh, coming into the market um, on, on the US side anyway. So you can see how the attractions work 
absolutely. Uh, in terms of the limits, and th there isn't a set limit only by one, only only by ten. It's 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 down to that management team's ability to execute on a plan and then find the target companies. Lack of threat to IPOs. Uh, I I I don't believe so. I think it's uh, it's another side. A lot of companies will will want to you know, be masters of their own destiny. Uh, I want to IPO my own business. What you can say is that the SPAC guys will come in and say, this de-risks it for you. I can do it. You know nothing about PLC land. I know everything about PLC land. Um, for, for my own 10 cents, I, I would much rather the companies list themselves off their own bat. But you can see why a company would, would, would want to say, okay, I really know my end market. I know my customers. I'm very small. Um, I'm not sure about the business model. I might hit hurdles, but if I go with you, I've got all of that, as you said, to use your word, Chris, in a nice wrapper. So, so I'm incubated from the downsides of, of, of yeah. you know, being a listed entity. Sorry, Anthony, I think I spoke over you. Oh, no, my, my fault. Uh, so do you think as well that an aspect of it is that um, SPACs are giving more favorable valuations than traditional underwriters? Um, that's one perspective that I've heard on it as well. Right. I mean, uh, so um, we, we, we've all seen that uh, private equity can trump, and in fairness, trade buyers can trump valuations that you'll get uh, on, say, an IPO or, or in the or in the public markets. We've also seen, in fairness, we've had IDOX and IMI Mobile of late. You know, U.S. companies can come in and buy U.K. PLCs as they arbitrage that valuation gap, which which we've talked about. Um, earlier. The, the issue in terms of an IPO is that you're not locking in that price. Uh, that price grows, you know, o over time. As I said, you know, just think of the guys at, at Focusrite, you know, stock up, you know, 700% over that, over that, you know, period. That means their wealth, their holding has, has gone up by, uh, by that, um, but by that as, as well. So, um, so yes, you can always find someone who will pay you more at that particular point of time, but then you've got to wait, you know, is this smart capital? Is this patient capital? How will this help me? And then, you know, what are my aspirations? Am I a CEO? You know, I've had enough. I founded the business 15 years ago. I'm exhausted. My wife needs a new kitchen. I think we all know, you know, Dwayne Jackson uh, from Cashflow. Dwayne, why did you sell such a brilliant business? Oh, George, I never had any money, kind of thing. You know, why did you sell Staffology? Well, it worked so well the first time. Mm. Uh, kind of, so some people prefer that um, prefer that as a route. David Richards, uh, I mentioned uh, Juan Disco. You know, he'd come from a PLC background. He, he had been with, with Druid. So, you know, capital markets made, made perfect sense um, for him. Phil Dodgerud at uh, Focusrite. This is my baby. We've developed this over years. The right home for it. Is on is on the is on the public markets. Yeah. Last one for me on SPACs. Are SPACs a symptom of market dysfunction? Because <laughs> um, uh, 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 I would I would have said swarming is a symptom of uh, market dysfunction. Um, no, uh, market opportunity. You're being too harsh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and just last one for me on SPACs. Um, we hear Amsterdam and I think Paris mentioned as the European centres for SPACs or, or bourses for SPACs or whatever. Um, why, why, why not London? <laughs> um, so we have a back. So in everything, we have to think about the um, 
the demand side of the equation. What, what do investors want? Uh, what will they What will they in, invest in? And what are the opportunities that that they see? We can, uh, 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 you know, you, you've had lots of sort of you know failed IPOs over the years and you know you go to the ceo and say well what went wrong and he said i've had the most amazing dd and the most amazing legals and we never sold a share uh, kind of thing so we always have to be conscious the, the the backdrop to this is what do institutional investors um want because there's no shortage of, of of companies and ideas and notions that you can present to them but but you know what do they what, what do they want to, uh, to purchase? And my, my concern with the Khalifa review today is that it doesn't seem to be taking enough from what does that constituency want? You know the people who are to buy these these new shares. You can by all means make it easier for the for the companies, but but make it more compelling for the investors to say you know yes please. Good answer. Love that. Um, so. I think we're going to leave SPACs alone now because I think we've done <laughs> SPACs to death um, and, and we're running low on time and it's it's been fascinating, George. Outside of work, George, I think, aren't are you in, into boats or something I seem to remember or you've got some <laughs> secret love that you may want to share with us? Uh, very good. Well, well done you. Uh, and how did you get that? Your I hate your DD. Um, so, uh, yes, it's only taken uh, five years and a global pandemic, but I finally restored the boat. <laughs> uh, the downside is that that, that happened uh, just ahead of lockdown two. So we haven't had much time. Oh, no. It was briefly in the water, came out again. So, so this year, now that it's uh, varnished and, and restored, um, hopefully this year it gets uh, it gets back in. But uh, yes, to the annoyance of my wife and neighbours and local property prices, the uh, the thing has gone back into the water. Is that a sailboat or? Uh, yes, it's an old uh, uh, gaff cutter. Yes, yes. Oh. Yeah. So, Come so to me if you want old school. <laughs> so this takes George off for hours and days at a time where Mrs. O'Connor is like, where's, where's your dad gone? Um, and he's on his boat. Um, uh, what's, <laughs> what's, what's the story? You just, I, I'm not a big sailing person. So is it just okay. relaxation? You get a book and a big fat cigar and, and, and sail away? Or what, what's the right. story? So, so the first thing is stay on the boat rather than in the water is, is, is my first, uh, first rule. Uh, yes, it's about how do we all reboot? Um, and, that's, and that's the key. So it's about, uh, it's, it's about relaxation. Um, and um, uh, Joe, my wife, will, will come on. For her, it's about being in the water. And, um, and you're right. For me, it's about putting on the anchor and uh, getting a, a cup of tea. And um, I love to say open a book rather than uh, smoke a cigar. <laughs> that's that's really what it's always going to put. Um, uh, so I'm I'm not so far from the water here. I'm I'm outside of Winchester, so Solent is is on my uh, is on my doorstep. Uh, there, there was a time when I was doing offshore racing, but um, no team would have me now. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they would. Please, yeah, I'm sure uh, that's not true. Get this man on board. <laughs> my, my 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 key skill is being the ballast. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, 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 I think we need to change the subject suddenly. Um, no, but um, George, it, it's been great. And um, the last sort of thing we, we tend to focus in on is the 
the, the the TV shows that you may have been indulging in in these many hours of lockdown, and I, I know you're a busy man. Now, now that the boat is finished, <laughs> yeah, boat. Um, but uh, yeah, what what's been uh, any any tips for for the the audience on uh, watching on on Netflix or Amazon Prime or any of the other great channels that are out there? Uh, and you know, I cover the guys at uh, Zoo Digital, and they're they're all about uh, content from old world into the uh, you know that heavy tilt into uh, OTT and, and the platforms. And sort of the message there is that we as a world have consumed all the content uh, that there is, and now they need to go out and create uh, more yeah. content. And clearly, this week you had Disney co coming out with uh, Star. Uh, in terms of Disney Plus, so it's like something for the parents, please, uh, yeah. coming out in there. So uh, at the same time, in terms of consumption patterns have changed uh, dramatically. So the kids have their own um, devices. And what we try and do is corral them for, for movie night. So uh, we've just finished for the nth time the uh, Harry Potter season. But my, my tip or my recommendation uh, would be, and I, I confess I may have been too late to, to capture this, was uh, Call My Agent. It's a French series um, on uh, on Netflix. Uh, the yeah. good news is that there are lots of episodes and lots of seasons. <laughs> I hadn't seen it either, and I think I started watching it a couple of weeks ago. Did you? Oh, good it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's very good. I, just, you know, uh, I do wish it was in English, though, because <laughs> I feel like I would get a little bit more out of it. My French is a bit rusty. But... What, what's oh, the right. general uh, story? Subtitling. Yeah. Um, agents. So it, it's percent So ten percent. It's it's about agents to the film industry in in France. Yeah. Here it's called Call My Agent in English, uh, but in French it's yeah ten percent. And yeah, it's a it's an agency. They get into all sorts of situations, trying to put out fires and all this sort of thing. Uh, what is that fluffy thing I just saw on uh, on Anthony's lap? By the That's way, the dog. It's been here the whole time. Hey, brother. Shine a spotlight on the dog. Good call. Well done. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. All right. Well, look, George, it's been really great to catch up. Some amazing insights. Um, I look forward to having a glass of nice wine and some food with you in a few months, hopefully in, in the Groucho Club or, or somewhere nice in, in central London. Um, and look, you know, keep up the great work. I, I love what you do. You're a real great advocate of amazing tech companies in the UK and always with wit and wisdom as well so thanks and, and and thanks for taking the time today and i don't know anthony if you've got any anything further to add no no just echoing the sentiments <laughs> brilliant uh, thank you both uh, very much huge opportunity i'm huge supporters of what you're doing in terms of shining a light on companies it is critical if i can help in any way at all delighted mm -hmm. to thank you both very much thanks george take care mate have a good weekend <laughs>